Welcome back, folks, to another episode of The Secret Origins of Mint Condition. I'm your host, Joe, and everyone knows who's ever visited a comic book store, shop, your local LCS, knows there's always one corner that draws you in, piques your interest, and keeps you coming back for more. Well, hopefully, this third segment of Joe's Comics Corner will do that for you. And to help me with that, we have joining me tonight a uh, frequent guest of the show, a friend of the show, and fastest comic book reader alive, Keith Tarnowski. So, Keith, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Joe. How are you doing? I'm pretty good. And uh, I know we've got something special for our, our friends. So would you like to tell them what, what we got sp- uh, planned tonight for them? Yes. Today we are going to be discussing, in my opinion, one of the top three runs on The Flash, uh, The Fastest Man Alive. Um, in my opinion, the top three writers of runs is um, Mark Wade, Carrie Bates, and Jeff Johns. So today we are going to be doing a deep dive into Jeff John's first run of The Flash, starting Wally West from the early 2000s. Okay, so uh, how many issues did uh, did Jeff uh, uh, write of The Flash with uh, with specials and Secret Origins and whatnot? But, you know, it was about, five, it was about a five year run, right? I think around 62 issues. Yeah, wow. um, it, it ended, it was, it started in 2001, ended in around 05, um, right in the smack dab in the middle of Infinite Crisis, actually. Cool. All right. So uh, I, you know, I was thinking about this. I just recently, as you know, we've, we've spoken offline about this. I just recently completed uh, his run, which I think started with issue. Uh, I have it over here somewhere. 164. Right. Yeah. So um, 164 to 225 was the entire run. Uh, and of course there was a, there were specials, annuals. Uh, I think there was even a world's at war special in there. Wasn't there? Actually, actually there, there wasn't, there wasn't not an annual. There was the secret files that mm-hmm. our world's at war, who, um, the, the artist of the first arc angel, Unzida, um, yeah. and a pencil. Um, and there was a flash Superman DC first issue, um, the okay. tied to the run. Um, and I believe that was it. Those were, oh, and iron Heights was the prestige format. Oh, one yes. shot introducing the new rogues, mm-hmm. um, that was drawn by Ethan Van Skyver from. Yeah, it's a know, beautiful book. You, oh, gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous book. Cool. Um, so yeah, those were that, those were the, all of the issues that comprised. Oh, and that and not it wasn't published um, uh, everywhere, but there was also the Wizard half issue that you had to order for Wiz, from Wizard Wet Magazine, um, which was a prelude to the final arc of the of the run, mm-hmm. uh, Rogue War. Yeah, I remember you telling me to read that uh, when I, I told you I was reading the whole run. I completely forgot to pull it out of the box. Well, you, when you advised collected. me, I went, I went and grabbed it. It's collected in the in the final trade paperback. And it's is, probably, I would assume, it's in the um, the Jeff Johns Flash run on the buses. Uh, but it's definitely in that Rogue War trade paperback. Okay, so now you mentioned uh, at the beginning uh, that uh, you thought Johns was in the top three, and, and you mentioned Mark Wade and, and Carrie Bates, and I would completely agree with that. But since Carrie Bates was some Years before, we'll push him to the side for now. Uh, but uh, Mark Wade preceded Jeff Johns on on uh, on the flesh. So, what do you think is the, the is the um, the difference? What is what what's so unique about Johns's run as as opposed as compared to Mark Wade's run? Well, uh, Mark Wade's run, which is my favorite run on the flesh, my favorite run period in comics, um, is basically a, more of a focus on Wally West. Uh, Jeff, I mean, Mark, Mark Wade took what. Um, what was given before him by Bill Messner Loeb and even to a certain degree, Mark, um, Mark Wolfman and, and, um, um, uh, you know, the previous flash writers. And he is kind of grew from there, but really focused on Wally. And he's, he's very known and famously has said many times that he, he basically to a certain degree gave Wally West his personality. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
the book is uh, Ways Run is very focused on Wally and the Flash family, as as well as his relationship with Linda Park. It's basically him and Linda are essential to the run. Mm-hmm. And now, while Jeff Johns' run is, um, while he definitely he writes Wally and Linda both very well, uh, especially you know th- their love story as well. But he his focus is more on the plot and especially on the rogues. Um, he really fleshed them out more than any writer. In, in Flash history, even more than uh, Carrie Bates. Oh yeah, I mean those rogue, rogue they were called rogue profiles, correct? Yeah, the rogue uh, profile is usually sprinkled throughout the run. Um, you know, it would always be like five or six issues before uh, the, the arc that would be pertinent to their to their story. So new readers, especially, would get an idea who these characters were, and old readers got a more in depth, kind of a, a grittier, uh, uh, you know, uh, origin story, if you will, of. Of the character, I, I always think I I believe that Jeff Johns, I would bet money on it, took inspiration from James Robinson's Starman with respect to the Rogue Profile issues because Robinson Starman's book had these times past issues. The times past, that's right. I forgot that. Yes. Yeah, yeah, and they would always be like they would again. They'd be pertinent to an upcoming Starman story. A lot of times they'd be an origin story, like a Will Payton, but a lot of times it might just be. You know how Ted and Alan Scott and them killed the ragdoll, and how later he came back from the dead and was haunting Jack or something like that. You know, um, not I mean figuratively, he wasn't a ghost. Um, uh, yeah, so I, I always say that I think I believe he got inspiration from James Robinson on that because they they were good friends, and James Robinson was a mentor to Jeff in the beginning. Yeah, did uh, was it James Robinson and um, Jeff Johns who who, uh, who launched the uh, JSA book, or was that another writer? Interesting. It was Dave. It was uh, David Goyer and James Robinson were are credited on the first few issues, right, including the secret files that launched the book. Mm-hmm. Um, but around issue four or five, uh, John's name also popped in. Yes, on there. yeah, I don't remember that. Yeah, mm-hmm. and yeah. I, I read interviews with, with both Robinson and Johns. Johns was there from the beginning, but he was more like. He was early in his career. You know, he'd only done Stargirl at that point. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So he was learning. He was learning the trade. You right. know, the rogue process. The rogue profiles is such a uh, great marketing tool by the editorial staff at the time to get you know to put these 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 rogues front and center to give you their origins in a one and done comic book. Something you don't get anymore today. Everything has to go on forever. No. So um, you know, and if I'm not mistaken, it was Joey Cavalieri? Joey Cavalieri. I should know how to pronounce his name. I worked with him for many years at Barnes and Noble on 18th Street. But was he the uh, the um, uh, editor for most of the run? Yeah, he was the editor for most of the run. In fact, he was even. Um the editor and uh, when the run ended um, before Infinite Crisis, there was even the, the final arc after Jeff John's um, run. I, it was actually even written by. Uh, yeah. Joey. Joey wrote those. Yeah. Because uh, yeah, I remember earlier he, he had a run on justice league of America, the original volume one. And uh, he wrote the final, uh, I want to say a um, year or so of that book before that book got canceled right before the uh, crisis on infinite earth. Yes. I did work with Joey for many years at uh, 105. That's right. That's so cool. Yeah, right. Yeah, I didn't, at the time I didn't know Joey was interning at DC Comics. Wish I would have known. <laughs> Who knows? But he was a nice guy. Very nice guy. Which was, um, what was your favorite Rogue Profile issue? Yeah, if you had to pick one. Um, well, the most disturbing one I think is Mirror Master because that, that you know, with that final page where he's literally uh, doing uh, you know lines on the mirror in the bathroom. Yep. Slimeball, uh, slimeball character. Yeah. Yeah, real slimeball. I mean, of all of them, really much so. But I, I, I think Captain Cold. I, I enjoyed that, and it also the um, another disturbing one was, of course, uh, Rory's uh, you know um, heat wave. Uh, yeah. He burned yeah. down his house and his orphanage. Correct. Yep. 
Yeah. Oh, God. Just, that was a good one. I forgot. Uh, I kind of forgot about that one. Man, yeah, that makes your skin crawl. So you, you, you know, these were not these were not the you know Barry's Rogue. Some some of them weren't literally because some of them had passed away. Obviously, you know, uh, um, Mirror Master, uh, Mirror Master. That was the uh, that was the Mirror Master uh, Evan McCullough that was created by Grant Scudder, Carson. right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, but you know, Barry's Rogues were Silver Age, early Bronze Age Rogues, just interested in you know. Uh, robbing jewelry stores and knocking over banks. And if the flash got in the way, I'd freeze him. We'd, you know, we'd heat him up. We'd, <laughs> we'd throw a top at his forehead and things like that. But uh, we're under trying to top, kill him. Right? Yeah. I love the top character. Um, oh, yeah. For, yeah, for, for me, I'm with you. Uh, the, the Captain Cole profile issue is my favorite. I must have reread that thing a dozen times. Um, it was the first time I actually ever liked Captain Cold, really. I mean, I, I liked him in the earlier Bill Messner Logue run, but he was, he was a, a, a villain, a rogue turned good guy at that point. He was yeah. working with Wally. I remember um, that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it was fine back then, but uh, Jeff Johns made Captain Cold cool. You know, I mean... Literally. That wasn't even intended. Yeah. <laughs> um, I believe that um, that the, the reason why Captain Cold was so cool on the Flash TV show... that. It directly drew inspiration from Jeff Johns, a thousand percent. Yeah, that was that was uh, in the early years, and the show was good. The first two it was years. good, right? <laughs> you know. Right, exactly. Um, you know, and it's um, I, you know, it's out of the three great Flash writers, you know, Wade uh, Bates and Johns. If you notice, most of the stuff that's on that show that was good in the beginning is all from those three guys. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I, again, uh, and. Uh, uh, was uh, John's a showrunner at the beginning? Uh, he was definitely involved. He was I don't involved, think he was right? a showrunner, but I think he was he was definitely definitely a producer. I think, mm -hmm. um, but I don't think he was a showrunner. I'm no, not sure. So his, right, yeah. I mean, his fingerprint is there, even with stuff I didn't necessarily care for that much from his second Flash run. Um, but you can't deny his his his, uh, his his imprint on the character. You know, oh, um, not, not at all, not at all. That run was amazing in uh, his first run, and. Um, Love the rogue profiles. Um, another little fun fact: when James Robinson and Jeff Johns launched Hawkman a, a few year, a few years in, into that run, mm -hmm. they did a, a similar thing with the, that was very similar to the rogue profiles and the Times Past issues of Starman. They did past lives. Past issues. lives, right? Yeah, those I remember. Right, those are fantastic. Yeah, I mean, uh, at, at one point in the past lives, Hawk Girl, Hawkman, and Hawk Girl were uh, part of the Wild West, right? He was. Um, I think he was the char the Western character in the fifties and sixties. Nighthawk was he that character? I'll tell you what, what. What Jeff Johns does, I think, better than anyone is he like even better than Wade in this aspect. He just really knows how to tie things into DC history. That, oh yeah, that would seem obscure and odd, but makes sense. He made one of the past lives of Hawkman and Hawk Girl, Nighthawk and Cinnamon from the Night uh, the, the Western comics. Nighthawk, he right? Made, yes, Nighthawk and Cinnamon. Yeah. He made them the the Shining Knight too. Oh, that's right. I got that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, and then um, who else? Did he? And then and then he made up his own. He made yep. up his own characters for it. And then even you know, not, I don't want to get too far off track. But Ed Brubaker did a, a fill in issue after John's left, and he made them really cool nineteen twenties uh, like gangster couple. It was really I remember cool. that one. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So but no, yeah, I mean, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. It's, it's, it's fantastic. John's he really he's you know when he's at his best he's a fantastic writer and his um 
his first flash run is him at his best. Yeah, it really is. So um, he takes over the book with issue 164 and he launches into um, uh, uh, a story, uh, Wonderland, correct? Is that is that the first? Uh... Wonderland, where Wally yeah. is actually stuck in a mirror dimension. Uh-huh. Which, you know, this was a, a, a kind of a, a one-off originally. He wasn't set to be the ongoing Flash Rider. But stuff from that Wonderland arc, which I really enjoyed, was sprinkled out and relevant to his entire remaining run. Other characters were, were like Plunder and and Chire Marillo, mm-hmm. all became characters that were integral to the run throughout the, the remaining issues up to two twenty five. Yeah, so Chire and Marillo are introduced in that in that run. Yep. yep. Yeah, they're um, great characters. They're great supporting characters. Marillo was I'm sorry, Chire was uh, like a big jerk in that run. Like he yes. was. Uh, he was like beating Wally up because Wally was was powerless in the mirror world. Yeah, he's kind of like um, Flash's version of uh, of Harvey Bullock. Right, right. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. But then he became like a, a great when he came back in the real world. He was a, a lovable, you know, uh, a you know, great cop. Yeah, and, and when his partner uh, gets killed, uh, he he, oh. they, you know, he wants to take over the uh, take care of the child, right? Our baby, yeah. Yeah, and that's so, what also what I loved about the beginning. I love the Wonderland arc, but my um, to me, Blood Will Run, the second arc, was really what got me super excited about the book. First, because um, uh, John's did something that you know you could tell he's like Mark Wade, uh, um, a DC historian, and really knew the character of Wally West and all the Flashes. He made uh, having uh, Chire's partner Julie Jackman, who um, mm. Was the one with, with the baby? Uh, there was a bit of a scare at first, thinking that her baby was Wally's. But they referenced right. uh, mm-hmm. the beginning of Wally's run, where Wally was a womanizing jerk mm-hmm. and he wasn't perfect, and how he, you know, how maybe th- this might be consequences to his actions back in, in his you know, heyday. And he acknowledges how he was before, how he, he milked the costume to get women and, and, and whatnot, <laughs> um, even get health insurance in the beginning of his run. Um, so I love that he addressed that, but. And it was a great story, gritty, and he, like I said, you know, John's nailed Wally and Linda and all that, and Captain Cold. But probably the best part, what really got me about that first arc, was Scott Collins' amazing ah, art. Yes, we have to that talk about guy, Scott Collins. Oh, uh, he! You opened up. If anyone hasn't read this run, even if you you skip right to issue one seventy, the first part of Blood Will Run, mm-hmm. you open up that book. It's like. The pages crackle and you can smell the speed force. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. You hit, the rubber hits the road, and it's just it's amazing. Um, uh, we've talked about this before. How Connecticut is, uh, you know, the afterimages and the lightning and the movement and, and the way he moves across the page, left to right, right to left. There's just just, just so many After angles. Images. Yeah, yeah, it's just incredible. After, I had my one of my prize and joys is when I. I was going to, a, when that came out, I was going to a comic book store in um, Huntington that actually uh, terribly burned down years later. I was friends with the owner and one of the guys there. And I'm always a big sucker for those DC promo posters because mm-hmm. first of all, no one else can get them. They don't sell them. Um, and I just get them whenever I would be able to get I had so I had a great collection of them. But I have a Scott Collins um, uh, Flash promo poster from that run. It's from issue one. I think it was, I think it was 174, the issue with Tar Pit. Mm-hmm. It's just Wally running through town after he has suited up, and it is the most beautiful image ever. Uh, Scott Collins, to me, is up there with 
Michael Ringo, uh, Carmen Infantino, uh, Greg LaRoque. Um, uh, I think he is, uh, you know, Francis Manipal. I think he is, um, he stands above even a lot of them. He's one of the best flash artists of all time. Oh, I would, I would completely agree with that. Yeah, I would, I, you know, I guess it's, it's common in Fantino because he, he, he actually drew not only Barry, but he, he, uh, from the mid forties on, he drew, um, uh, Jay Garrick in the, in the flash comics, but, uh, you know, the, Mr. Collins, uh, takes backseat to no one. And he had a great anchor, uh, Doug Hazelwood, who was just amazing. And he was perfect for his pencils. He didn't, he didn't, um, it wasn't a heavy line, but it wasn't a light line. It was just perfect to bring out and highlight the, the highlight the artwork and just complete the, uh, the artwork on the page. You mentioned Tar Pit, and that just gets me to think, um, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I think the first time uh, Wally goes up against Tar Pit, it's in the uh, hockey arena, right? Hockey. Uh, yep, yep. Yeah. So that's a shout out to our buddy, Chris. Who's a big <laughs> NHL fan? So Chris, put it in there for you. I wanted to mention that for you. So yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that was a hell of a the, fight. <laughs> it was the uh, Keystone Combines was the uh, was the team. Keystone City Combines is the, the hockey team. Yeah, I went to a superhero fight and a hockey game broke out. <laughs> <laughs> a variation of the old joke. Yep, yep. And um, it was just great. It was a great issue. Uh, uh, Captain Cole's in that issue too. Yep. Um, oh, he's sitting in the stands, right? He's got, he's got, he's got, yep. yeah. Yeah, and he's able, he's, he's able to prostitute. <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah, he's able to bimbo du jour. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> he helps Wally. I think he, I think he helps. Uh, he freezes tar pit, if I remember correctly. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. Um, what's the uh, uh, well? Let's see. What's uh, any more you want to say about the Blood Bowl run? Because I, I think oh, it was a fantastic run. It was it was it was dark. Um, basically, the whole premise was this uh, this cult leader kind of guy, Sitica uh, or Cicada, how they pronounce it. Cicada, um, I believe that's how they pronounce it in the TV show. Cicada, yeah. The show, right? He was going around. Um, basically, he was going around killing anyone that the Flash had saved before. So that's right. Was, yep, he was going around taking. Somehow, he took this. Um, uh, lightning bolt uh, blade, and he would steal the speed force from these people. Had a little bit of speed force in them, I guess, for some reason. Because while he saved them, he was going around killing everyone the Flash ever saved. And one of those people he saved was Julie Jackman. It was the, the woman who uh, thought she had Wally's child. Mm-hmm. Uh, great, 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 um, great arc. Um, it really. At that point, Jeff knew he was on the book for for a while, so he really was planting seeds there that would um, that would continue to go on. That's where you first see the Chire and Marillo, Marillo in the real world. Um, that's where you start planting the seeds for stuff. Something going on with the Pied Piper. You didn't know what yet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, looked like looked like something was going on that he was uh, Hartley, right? Yeah, right. Um, there was a scene of someone who looked like Hartley killing his family. Right. Um, uh, and that was, doesn't pay off for like almost a year in our time, at least publishing time. Uh, but he planned the season. It was so well done. I love that art. Well, that's, that, that's the thing you've mentioned this a couple of times, how Je- John's planted seeds in this run. And that harkens back to, I, I think the great, um, the Marvel books of the, uh, of the, uh, especially the uh, silver age and the early bronze age where guys like Stan Lee and Roy Thomas, Archie Goodwin, um, Jerry Conway, of course, we're planting seeds in, in, in books that would pay off three fortunes or even a year down the road, you know, with the subplots. And um, as, as an avid reader, you love that because it's like, oh, geez, I remember that from like a, a few years ago or about a year ago. And you go out and you pull the copy out, reread that. And, and it's like, oh, they're paying it off. This is so cool. 
So yeah, I mean, um, he was he just. And I wouldn't say was he is. <laughs> Put a was in front of Jeff's uh. name. Uh, God forbid. Uh, he's a, he's a consummate professional and he knows his craft so 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 well. And while at the same time doing that, but also telling self-contained either story arcs or even yeah. sometimes one-off issues. I mean, Blood Will Run was uh, four issues. Um, uh, then there was the one issue um, one shot with Tar Pit, and then there was a two issue. Weather Wizard um, two story part two parter, which I loved. Like the art in that was by Scott Collins was ridiculously good, and he made Mark Martin such a threat. I I, I loved it, and you know the, the surprise spoiler in that is you find out that Mark is actually the uh, the father of Julie Jackman's mm-hmm. baby. Yes, uh, a little late, folks, but yeah, spoiler alert. <laughs> oh, sorry about that. <laughs> That's okay. No, no, I, yeah, I do all the time. Yeah, so. <laughs> At, at, at the conclusion of Bubble Run, is that, is that when the Iron Heights special hits around that time? No, 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 no. Is no, that later that on? Um, the the um, Iron Heights comes out either, I think it was right after issue 178. Okay. Which is the issue where Chunk shows up. Ah, Chunk. Mm. The, but the um, Wizard, Wizard story ha- happens first. Sure. Um, and then, uh, yeah, and then uh, shortly after that, uh, another like. That's two issues, and then a couple issues after that is when uh, they have the uh, chunk issue, and then there's DC put out that one shot, that prestige format, Jeff Johns, Ethan Van Skyver, um, Iron Heights special, which was about uh, the first appearance of the Iron Heights prison, um, mm-hmm. and Warden Wolf, and what really happens to the the rogues when they go to Iron Heights prison, and why they're, and I remember Jeff Johns' like tagline when he was describing it in the syllabus, it was. Uh, um, you're going to learn why the, the the rogues try so hard to avoid the flash so they don't go to Iron Heights. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at the cover right now. I have it in my hand. It's a beautiful cover. Um, and is that, is that was that the first time we see Warden Wolf? Yep. Yep. Okay. I know DC's got some plans for Wolf. I know Jeremy Adams got some plans for Wolf in the upcoming months. So it should be yeah. interesting to see what's going to happen with him. But um, I won't spoil that in case people don't know. But uh, yes. Yeah, so uh, what's what's our next? Um, uh, our next run after after uh, Blood well, Bowl Run. After that, after um, after Blood Bowl Run, again, you have the weather was weather was a two parter and a couple of one shots, all great. Um, but what happens is it, now, now we're leading up to um, well, after the uh, the Iron Heights one shot uh, introduces some characters, the the quote unquote new rogues, mm-hmm. uh, blacksmith, girder. Um, Tarpit jumps in there, even though he wasn't introduced there. And more importantly, Murmur. Murmur. Oh, that's a scary freaking character. Uh, yeah. Oh, crazy man. psycho who, 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 who cut out his own tongue and, yep. and, and sewn his mouth shut because he had a, he had a nervous tick or a tick mm-hmm. that would make him automatically con- confess to crimes. Uh, wow. he did it. And he was a brutal murderer. And in that Iron Heights issue, we also see a flashback to Barry Allen. Who had worked the uh, the murmur case when it first happened back? That's in the right. Day. Forgot that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then that ultimately leads along with the um, that leads into um, the prelude to Crossfire, which is ah, a fantastic yes. art. Crossfire, yes. Now Crossfire is is um, this is where they bring back Goldface, right? Yes. Yeah. What a, I mean, you know, I when I was rereading it again, I was saying, what uh, what is his what is his motive? What is his end game here? But uh, it surprised me, and um, and I know that's the that's the uh, that's the run that ends with um, Wally re- rebuilding the bridge, correct? The um, Van Buren yep. Bridge, yep. 
And that is, again, I want to go back again. I love, because as you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of um, Silver Age. That is such a Silver Age moment, you know, because that's the type of stuff Barry would do in, in a couple of places. He'd rebuild a building or, or Superman. I mean, Superman back in the Silver Age would, you know, rebuild a dam or an entire, you know, town or something like that. And, you know, while he rebuilds that bridge in like a matter of seconds, it's just amazing. That was, yeah, it's just an incredible uh, piece of incredible. writing and artwork. Yeah. And when you see it, this you talking about it reminds me of, of something I've read in interviews at the time. Is when you see it, you see the bridge, and then they show the Twin Cities. Of, mm-hmm. The first time in the run, they show the Twin Cities, That's right? Central and Keystone, because Barry City was central, and and later on, while he ended up adopting the city of Keystone, so right. not where he grew up. He grew up in Blue Valley, Nebraska, but he ended up that. That's where he became. As while he says in the first uh, few pages of uh, uh, Blood, the Blood Will Run arc. He says, uh, I, I grew up in Nebraska, but this is Keystone where I became a hero. Yeah. Um, and you see that wonderful, uh, you know, double page spread of the bridge in the Twin Cities. Mm-hmm. And it reminds me of when uh, Jeff uh, talks about when he first got the book and he was working with Scott, not in the first arc, when he was working with Scott Collins. They literally sat down and mapped out both cities. Wow. Everything basically was where what was pertinent to what and Scott and, and Jeff both use that as like a template when they were telling their stories throughout the run. Yeah. I mean, um, if you remember our, um, and if our fans, hopefully they've, they've listened to it, our uh, Western episode, we talked about how setting was a character and it, it's very much so, um, uh, uh, Keystone and, 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 uh, central city become a character in, in, in this run. They, you know, it's a, you, you recognize the streets, the street names, the corners, the buildings, it's uh, it's like I said, it's all laid out, so they know where everything is. And it's you know, we have Gotham City, we have Opal City, we have Metropolis, the City of Tomorrow, and now we've got uh, the Twin Cities, and uh, it's it's really cool. You it just draws the reader in more. It makes it it makes you part of the story more when the setting becomes a character, and you know exactly what streets and bridges Wally's wishing through and wishing through to. To rescue someone or put somebody, you know, behind bars. It's just a great, uh, great you know, image. The, uh, the, the devil's in the details. When, yeah. when little things like that seem real, um, it just pulls you in more. It's almost, you know, I think, I think we even said it, and I'll, I won't go too much on a tangent, but when we were talking about in the Breaking Bad episode, how little things like how Marie having purple all over her house, just, <laughs> it makes you... I mean, everything seems more real because that's something someone would do in real life. And the same mm-hmm. thing with, with the, the city, especially when Scott Collins drew it, yeah. you felt like this was a real place. It's like you felt like Opal City is a real place, while a little more, a very much more unusual place, but mm-hmm. it felt like a real place. Um, so much character of its own, you know. Um, but yeah, so yeah, I, that, uh, the, the Crossfire arc was fantastic. You had, a, you had rogues against rogues in there because mm-hmm. there was two set factions of rogues. And then out of nowhere, they throw, Jeff Johns throws the thinker in there mm-hmm. and that blows up the whole freaking thing for poor Wally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he does. No, it's just, it's just great. It's just, you know, it, it, it's a book about the fastest man alive and, and the comic just keeps, you know, just com- keeps coming at you. It's, it's, uh, it's um, you know, uh, wasn't there a, a Mark Wade story uh, that had the word velocity in it? A run was that? Oh, velocity? Uh, uh, 
terminal velocity. You know, was, like, yeah, John's, yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, velocity here, yes, that too. One day we have to do a, a Mark Wade. Uh, oh, definitely. But that's a lot longer of a run, more issues. And, yeah. Uh, I can go. I can go on a tear about. I can talk about Mark Wade's run forever. <laughs> well, here's a good. Here's a question. Now I'd like to ask. As long as we've mentioned Wade, would you say that um, Johns's run, because of the introduction of the of the, uh, the Rogues and the, the the special attention he gave them, you know, vis a vis their uh, their their backgrounds, would you say it's probably a little more adult this run than the, the Mark Wade run, as, as absolutely per se. It's- this is definitely a more a, a darker run, but still with the optimism that yes. Wally West has. Yeah, that's definitely still there. It's almost like uh, the world around him is darker, but it's still very much Wally. Yeah, and and, and if the world around is darker, and Wally can still maintain his his uh, his uh, hopeful attitude, that makes him even more of a hero. And, Honestly, uh, yeah. it does because uh, you know Johns puts Wally more through the ringer than Wade did. Oh yeah, oh and, definitely yeah. He's always smiling, even before things really turn around for him. He he chooses to, to always be smiling. Um, uh, that's what I, I love. One of the things I love about that, and also the, he shows his just devotion and love for his wife. Ah, yeah, we've we've talked about that so many times. And Wally didn't become a man until he met Linda. She made a man out of him. Yep. And uh, she's uh, one of my favorite supporting characters in, in all of comics. She's right up there with Lois Lane and Jim Gordon. And uh, yeah, she's a, she's a great supporting character, I, Mary Jane Watson. She's right up there with all those. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't, you know, I would never throw shade at like at Barry and, and Iris because I love those characters, but they've they've never. T- I don't really find them that interesting together or believable together. I love them both separately more. Mm-hmm. Um, I, there's never them together, especially back in the Silver and, and Bronze Age. Iris was kind of a, like a, there was nothing likable about her then. Um, she was always a jerk to Barry. I liked her more. Um, as Ira as Wally's aunt, yeah. When when she was a little bit older, um, and here and there, uh, I've had moments with with them together, but um, uh, I don't feel like Wally and, and Linda have the the, the, most, the best relationship in in, in uh, the Flash history. Well, without a doubt. Now, now, obviously, as this run is progressing, uh, there's the Flash family is is still around. Um, Bart, right? Yeah, not as prominent um, as during Wade's run, but yes. And 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 Wally was still having some problems keeping keeping the reins uh, on Bart, but uh, and he had to learn along. I think I think it was a learning experience for both of them uh, as as these stories progress. And of course, it was Jesse Quick, right? Uh, she had well, yeah, an interesting well, arc in, in the in these stories. Also, don't forget, for a bit, characters were taken off the table because a, a part of the. Um, little fun fact: A part of the crossfire buildup, because there was a few issues of buildup. A part of that was the uh, blacksmiths' rogues, not Captain Cole's rogues. Right, blacksmiths' rogues were, um, you know, they they had their agenda for Keystone City, which I won't spoil for anyone who wants to read it. Yeah, but <laughs> what what she was doing, she uh, was taking uh, Wally's, you know, taking players off the field. So Wally was alone when this would happen. Mm-hmm. So in the Impulse book. Um, you saw that Max Mercury was taken off the table and, and that directly tied into Blacksmith because she had gotten in touch. I think it was with Rival, not right. Um, I think it was Rival who who, who brought, um, uh, who locked Max in the Speed Force for, for way too long. And then uh, and then Jay got taken off the table because they gave, the, the doctor gave Joan a fake cancer uh, diagnosis. Oh yeah, that's right. Yes. Yeah. So things like that happen, and then they did something to Jesse Quick's uh, Quick Start Company where they, they right. made uh, mm-hmm. uh, there was like 
went bankrupt or they did some kind of, you know, um, some you know, insider trading issues or something like that. Get her off the off the off the table. Um, mm, and yeah. Bart was the only so so the, yeah, Bart was the only one really around, and he didn't really pop up in in, in Crossfire at the time. Um, but so the the Flash family wasn't as you know uh, prominent for a, a bit there. They come back later on uh, post ignition. Ah yes, ignition. We got to get to that soon. Yeah, they're, no, they they. It, it's like you said, it's Twally and, and Linda, Wally and the Rogues. Uh, it, it's just, there's so much depth there. There's so much um, character. There's character-driven stories. There's a lot of action. It just keeps moving forward and just keeps going. So um, after Crossfire, is it? Is it um, what happens next? Is it? Well, after the Crossfire, there's a, you know, of course, after a story like that, there's a bit of a calm, you know. Yeah, it has to be. Uh, it has to be. That was, that, that was a lot. So what they do is a, a couple... Um, uh, basically uh, one off. So first one's kind of like a recap to see where everyone is, how everyone's mm-hmm. doing after the events of Crossfire. Um, and in that story I, I, is when you actually, I believe is when you find out, yeah, it is. It's when you find out that Linda's pregnant. Right. Um, because it's something that went on when, when, when during Crossfire, they had to take her to the hospital and you, you find that out. So that was a wonderful issue. Um, that's also, um, where you see more of, of Iris Allen, because Iris comes back during the, the John's run. Uh, she was she was away for a while since the Wade run. She put herself into like self-imposed exile because she knew too much about Wally's future. Wally's future, correct, yeah. Um, and then because of some time travel shenanigans, she said she no longer knew his fate, so she, she came, was able to come back. Um, so that happens, and then you get the... Um, there's a few things that happen. You get the wonderful um, Hawkman, Guest appearance. Oh, I love that, especially the artwork. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, that is so incredible. So Collins Ross is an amazing hawk, man. Yeah. Yeah. And, so then, and then, and that talk back and forth, the, the conversation between Wally and Hawkman is just, um, you know, and then Hawkman kind of like uh, reaffirms how much uh, Wally's, um, uh, you know, uh, heroes, uh, his friends in the Justice League, what, how much they think of him because he's worried that, you know, he's like, you know, he's just, he's not worthy, worthy of any of them. And, and Hawkman is, who's a very, you know, uh, man, a few words, right. but says, well, no, no, no. They think highly of you. And they, then, and, uh, they think you're a very, you know, uh, you're the right successor to Barry. You're, you're, you're doing Barry's name. You know, you're doing it very well, keeping his name going. So yeah, it was a very, it was a very life affirming issue for Wally. That issue. I remember. Yeah. 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 And, um, yeah. And we'll sprinkle out there. Like we said before, there's, um, um, well, we actually, other than the Captain Cold and the Heat Wave and the Mirror Master um, Rogue Profile, they did a High Piper uh, Rogue Profile. Yes, that's right. Mm-hmm. Which is right around, right before the, uh, the Hawkman issue, actually. And that was great because Pipe Piper wasn't only a rogue, he was actually Wally, one of Wally's best friends now. Um, yeah, he, he became a friend that. during the Messer Lobes run, right? Yep. Uh, yeah. He became a friend with him there and then became good friends during the Wade run. Um, so they're going to give you some, like, you know, a little. Um, his origin as well as an update on where he is now, what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was great. And then what we get to next is um, basically the lead up to the Blitz arc, which uh, is uh, a run riot, which is the Gorilla Grodd uh, run. Yeah. Uh, basically what happens is, is a character in the secret files introduced called Hunter Zolomon, mm-hmm. who's a, a former uh, FBI um, 
profiler who comes to Keystone City because he had he had an accident um, on the job. He was shot and he has a bum leg now. Got to walk with a cane, and it ruined his marriage. You find out later what his you know origin story is. Ruined his marriage and partially his career. So he comes to Keystone to start over, start fresh, and he became he becomes friends with Wally West. Because don't forget, at this time, for the whole run of Wally's run up, up to a very recent, until up to a certain point, Wally doesn't have a secret identity. Exactly right. They are uh, they they become good friends and they they work together on you know capturing some of the rogues. So Run Riot is this uh, uh, a three issue run which amazing Scott Collins art mm-hmm. where basically Gorilla Grodd and his 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 his, his army um, take over Iron Heights prison. Um, with, with an agenda, and uh, uh, our friend uh, Hunter Solomon gets in the, gets in the way and gets uh, his back broken. Exactly. That was, yeah, there were some really visceral fight scenes in that uh, in that three issue run. Yeah. Yeah, Scott Collins was uh, a thousand percent on his top of his game. The, I think you said before because um, we've seen his artwork elsewhere. When when he's uh, inked by uh, Hazelwood, it's it, it's amazing. Perfect match. You know, we haven't mentioned, and I guess we should go back just to, uh, during this time, uh, the covers, right? The Brian Bolden covers. Oh, my God. Oh, what? <laughs> Gorgeous. You know, every, every cover looked like a painting, right? Just amazing. Yeah, Brian, uh, Brian Bolden did every cover from 164 to um, 187. Wow. It, it almost finished the, the Crossfire arc, but the, 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 that actual uh, – uh, the last issue of Crossfire was uh, the cover was done by Scott Collins, which was beautiful. Mm. But those those Brian Boland covers are they're in a league all their own. They're they're very first of all the this, the, the the content of the covers are in my mind very silver agey. They oh, remind yeah, me yeah, of, yeah. They remind me of the of the Infantino covers to a, a, a very large degree, especially. What's that Infantino cover uh, he did in Barry's run with, with the with the weather the weather wizard cover when Barry you know there's like a storm on Barry when, when he's trying to run um, this very much reminds me of, of Brian Bolin um, his artwork those covers I would buy a book of just all of his covers he's he's amazing and his flash covers were were um, fantastic yeah I'm, I'm looking at 164 right now and uh, uh, while he's being dragged off to jail. Fastest man alive. Never heard of him. Uh, yeah, and it's like that is that is that's a Silver Age cover. It's it certainly is. You know, it's just, it's just so it's so it so harkens back to the Silver Age. Like, oh my God, the hero's being dragged off to jail. Why he's a hero? Why is he being dragged yeah. off to jail? And yeah, uh, they never yeah. heard of him. You know, it reminds me of my first Flash comic, one sixty three. Stop! Don't pass this issue up, or I'll die. And I said, yeah. said before, yeah. ten year old Joe didn't want to be responsible for this guy. Yeah. Well, so he picked up the comic book and he ran home and read it. And I was a flash well, fan. It's funny you bring that up because I am a crazy person and read so many interviews, especially back then. Keep in mind, like when when this when John's run came out, um, the internet was a thing. Message boards were a thing. I had a, I was very friendly with Jeff Johns on his on his um, message board. I would read interviews. I would talk to him. He would answer my questions. It would, cool. you know. So one of the, a lot of cool stuff happened because of that. But one of the things is pertinent to what you just said. That was Jeff John's first issue yeah. of reading the Flash. Um, he, he um, no, I'm sorry that that wasn't that wasn't the one. I apologize. Jeff John's first issue of reading the Flash. Uh, what he got, his uncle gave him a box of comics, and the first one was the. Um, it, it, I mixed them up because it's very similar. The one where Captain Cold is holding up the picture, a censored picture, and says, "Yes, they won't let you, they won't let you see what I've done to the Flash." But 
by this issue to, to look inside. That was Jeff John's first comic book of the Flash that he bought and read, well, that he read, not bought. I think that's the run that comes after the um, the uh, Carmen Fantino run, if I'm not mistaken. I believe so. Yeah. I yeah, and, so. I, if, and if you open that up, it's, I think I'm pretty sure that's a um, uh, <coughs> Murphy Anderson cover, or possibly Infantino Inc. by Murphy Anderson. But I think at that point, Infantino was, was bumped upstairs, bumped upstairs to um, uh, art director, and then he becomes publisher. And I believe the inside of that book is is Ross Andrew. We won't get into that now because even though. He's one of my favorite artists of all time. He's yes. never been <laughs> he put on the flesh. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, so but yeah that's the first issue. Wow. Yeah. He, uh, again, I was just so, I was so involved in this for That's why it's one of my favorites too. I was so, I read it as it came out. I was on the message board. I was rereading it. I was speculating, you know, talking to him on a website, going to comic book conventions and talking to him. Yes. He came to, uh, he came to, um, was it uh, uh, Collector's Kingdom in Huntington? The store I mentioned oh. before. He did a um, a signing there, and he, this wasn't the Jeff Johns he is now at all. He was just getting on Infinite Crisis, what which well was big. He wasn't the superstar he is yet, mm. and it wasn't that many people there, Joe. So I hung out wow. there with him all day, all day. Oh, cool. I, him, and, uh, him, him and Phil Jimenez were there, and oh, I just sat there. Yeah. Some people would come in and get things signed. I sat there. Talked to him all day, picked his brain, um, uh, you know, watched him eat combos and whatever, <laughs> drinking eat combos with like a snack. Um, I, you know, normally I wouldn't bother someone like him with so many things. He was, there wasn't a lot of people there and he wasn't the superstar. Yeah, I literally had him sign every issue of The Flash that he did. Wow. I'm a psycho. I had, I had doubles of everything. <laughs> I had ones that were signed and ones that weren't. But, um, it was a great time to be a, a flashback. It was so exciting going every Wednesday, you know, when that issue came out to read that book. It was, um, it was, uh, you know, one of the best times for me reading comics. And um, yeah, and, and then that that arc, uh, there was a couple um, single issues in between there that dealt with like the top or this and that. Um, and then there was one where, uh, and then basically Blitz starts. Uh, mm. There's a little, uh, there's a prelude to it, and then of one issue where you see what kind of causes this new blitz basically is the story of zoom mm -hmm. the, the new reverse flash not thawne from from barry's uh, early years right. or from Wally's early years not well. ebod no yep not ebod and uh so it was basically you didn't know who it was going to be we all had ideas yeah but because it was you know you know it was plainly there for most people but uh you didn't know for sure and um the, the Blitz story is about uh, the new Zoom, who uh, has a very different agenda than Thawne. His thought process is that he respects Wally and he wants to make him a better hero. Better that's hero. his whole exactly. That's his whole spiel, and he um, he feels that Wally's never, at that point at least, suffered great tragedy, and that that was what he had to give him in order to make him do what it took to be. A great hero, and that would blitz Joe. I mean, what are your opinions? That's I, I, I loved it, and and um, you explained this to me uh, off air recently because I, I was always a little confused about his power set. But apparently, he's not connected to the speed force, right? And uh, he, nope. he he has the ability to move through time, correct? Is that is that the best assessment of his powers? Yeah, he can he can basically move back and forth through, through, time. through time, he doesn't yeah, he doesn't tap into the speed force at all. 
Um, he can that he can move. He almost has like his own timeline. He's going through. Mm. He can go slow, fast, and reverse, and and and, um, and forward. Um, which is what throws off uh, in the Blitz story when Wally gets assistance from Jay Garrick and Bart, mm-hmm. throws him off because Wally has the ability to both steal and lend speed from moving objects, right. including speedsters, and he couldn't do it because. Uh, uh, the zoom doesn't tap into the speed force like other speedsters, and he finds that out the hard way. Yeah, he certainly does. Yeah, no, it's a great story, and um, I, I love the story that comes next. I think, as, as I particularly said when we're texting off 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 air, I think the, the next story is ignition. Correct? Is that the next? Uh, yes. Now, we uh, without giving anything away, we I guess we shouldn't mention that there's a tragedy at the end of of. Uh, of, well, of it, it's Blitz, definitely, right? it's it's a huge event yes. in, in Wally's uh, life at the end of uh, Blitz. It's a great story, tons of action, tons of heart, and 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 tragedy, and um, which leads to uh, the the changes in the ignition story. Yes, there's basically a big change in, in status quo for for for, for the Flash after um, in the final pages of Blitz, and that lead into ignition. Um, there's also also, um, Bliss is the, the last arc of Scott Collins drawing the yeah. book. I remember when I picked up the first issue, which I guess was 201, the first issue of yeah. the. I yeah. was a little disappointed. How, how do you pronounce the artist's name? Is uh, Dos? Alberto, Alberto Dos. Alberto Dos. Um, yeah, I was like, this is this doesn't uh, look like. <laughs> look, yeah, no, at first I was like, I, I remember seeing the previews on, like, uh, I think it was uh, Newsarama, and I was like, ugh. <laughs> it's, it's it's kind of reminiscent of Ed, uh, Eduardo Risso's artwork. Oh, 100%, which I love, yeah. but it's jarring after someone like Scott Collins. It's jarring for the Flash, period. It is, but as the story progresses, I believe it's six parts. Yep. And I just read that. That's I read that about a week, week and a half ago. Uh, I just fell in love with that story, and I, I'm, I'm going to read it again because it is just – it's an amazing story about finding yourself again. Now, we know – I guess we can tell our audience that Wally uh, has amnesia, uh, so to speak. Um, and yeah, there's a reason for it. There's a reason has, for it, right. He doesn't remember being the Flash ever. But it's more he, than Wally just remembering that he's the Flash. It's Wally remembering that he's a hero. Yep. And, and, and that's what this story uh, shows us in, in great detail. And it's, uh, I use this term a lot, life-affirming, but it's, it fits this story so, so well. It really does. And one thing that... Um, what I love that it reaffirms something that I feel like John's kind of lost a little bit over the way years later that it reaffirms that while he doesn't remember being the flash, while he has an incident where his powers kick in though, and he's like, what mm-hmm. the hell's going on? Mm-hmm. And what does Wally do immediately? He saves people. He does the right thing. He becomes a hero just because it's in him. It's the right thing to do. Not because yeah, right. his parents were killed in an alley, not because, his mother was murdered and he has to, you know, do this. It's because it's the right thing. And that's who he is. He's just, he's, he's not perfect. He's far from perfect Wally, but he's a hero at, at heart. And that's what that arc really um, overall was really, I felt about. Wally cares. Wally does. Uh, I think we've spoken about this once before. Um, the episode of Justice League, uh, uh, was it United? The, uh, the, the uh, yeah. Justice League Unlimited. Unlimited. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Um, uh, when Wally now, who's the villain that uh, 
that uh, Orion and somebody else wants to beat the crap out of in the bar. Trickster, trickster, trickster. 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 Yeah. Mark Hamill, voiced yeah. by Mark Hamill. Well, well, and, and while he sits down, he, he, he's, whoa, whoa, let me take care of this. And he asks him, James, are you taking your medication? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it's like, this is this is quintessential Wally. He's not going to go in there guns blazing. He's going to try to try to talk them down first, you know, and because uh, he treats yeah, people, Wally. even the villains, as 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 humans, yeah, as people. Yeah, that, that's who Wally is. I mean, listen, he's not perfect. There have been times where, he, if he has went through a rough time, no. he can be a, a jerk to anyone. Really, that's what that's what makes him human. Really, but ultimately, he. He always listen. Even even now, in the, in the in the great Jeremy Adams run, what happens when he goes up against Heatwave and he finds out Heatwave has like a brain tumor or something like that? He's like, "I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna help you. We're we're gonna fix this." You know, he doesn't just beat him into submission and throw him in Iron Heights. You know, he he um, that's Wally. He cares. Yeah, Wally's a, Wally's a, a blue collar hero, and, and that that's you know uh, John's builds that up throughout all these uh, these uh, different storylines. As he's, he's taking, literally taking us around um, the Twin Cities, uh, mentions many times that you know uh, if you drive it, uh, meaning a car, it was probably made here in uh, yeah. in in, uh, in, in, in the Keystone. And while he's very much very much of a blue collar superhero, and, and in the ignition, he winds up doing a blue collar job. He becomes a, a, a an auto mechanic, and yeah. it's like it's this, it's so perfect. It, it just fits the character so well. How many times? especially when Scott Collins was, was drawing it, because he put so much detail in the Keystone. Um, there was, I used to, I used to want to buy one. I, I wish they made it. There was uh, Wally and other Pete characters, but especially Wally when he wasn't in his flash suit, he'd wear like these t-shirts. Uh, I'd say, uh, I was built in Keystone because they, it was a car and, you know, industry. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I love that. There's little details like that were, were, were so well done. And you're right. When, when Wally doesn't have his memory, um, doesn't know who he is, he has to get a job because, before that, his job was being the Flash. You yeah. know, Linda worked. Plus, I'm sure the, the Justice League at this point paid you a certain amount of money. Yeah, they probably got a stipend. Yeah, right. Um, that was his. That's he would always say is like, I want to be the. That's what I always wanted to be when I grew up was the Flash. Mm-hmm. So, but now he had now a memory, and now he because of that he has a, a secret identity. Um, even after he gets his memory back, he has to keep up the job because you have to, you know, sell that whole thing. Yeah. He picks a, a blue collar job, um, which was pretty cool. Um, I'm glad they're going in a different direction with it now, but I, um, uh, I definitely like that. Um, I think that Alberto Dos art was perfect for that type of arc. It definitely was. Especially because Wally was working nights. That mm-hmm. was like a yeah. part of the story. So during the day after the arc ends and he knows who he is, the flash is out during the day in the sunshine, which is even great. That last issue after things get resolved um, and Wally is, you know, leaving uh, the house to go out now and, you know, p- patrol town is the flash. The art changes from Alberto Dos to the next artist, Howard P- Porter for the last page. Mm-hmm. And it's Wally during the day in the sunshine, smiling mm-hmm. and running the same day. And that was uh, fantastic. That really was. So what follows ignition, Keith? What's the next, uh, there's one more storyline, right? After Ignition is there's a, a bunch of there's two story two major storylines but there's a bunch of like fill in stuff where Wally's reintroducing himself to the public now. Mm-hmm. The oh yes, yeah, unmask himself and boom, their memory comes back. Right, the, the JLA's and especially Batman very suspicious and wants to know why the whole world find uh, forget who the Flash was. So there's, you know they they delve into that which is very good. They're also more concerned about that because. This is happening right before Identity Crisis. And mm-hmm. for you, anyone who doesn't know, Identity Crisis had a lot of mind-wiping shenanigans. Yep. Um, so 
they, you know, basically there's a, a little you know, fill-in issues here and there, not fill-in issues, but one-shot issues here and there, and then some rogue profiles, but um, there's two remaining story arcs to Jeff John's first run. One is an identity crisis tie-in, which gives you both Wally and Barry's perspective of the whole mind-wiping thing, which was very good. It brought up the stuff with the top, and it was very, very good. Um, yeah, we learned but, the top has kind of uh, mental powers, right? Yeah. Yes. He's more than just a guy that can spin around, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's, not, he's scary. He's not yeah, as silly. Really is. Yeah, they, they really upped the, his game. Absolutely. And, they, you know, yes, um, going back, uh, Top's got a, a history with Barry because Barry, um, uh, uh, there was, it wasn't his fault, but uh, Top died fighting Barry. Barry didn't right. kill him. Mm-hmm. Um, but Top's girlfriend at the time, Captain Cold's sister, Lisa Snart, um, blamed Barry for that. Mm-hmm. And it was, that, was a, that was a bit of a nightmare for Barry, Barry's run for a bit that Carrie Bates wrote. Lisa Snart, the Golden Glider, was coming after uh, Barry Hart bad, and she knew who Barry was. So she was her. It was her. Um, she, she knew his secret identity. I should say she was going after his marriage. It was. It was. Uh, so they have a bit of a history there. The top um, and the Flash, more, you know, and Barry in particular. Um, so that was that was told in the uh, called the Secret of Barry Allen arc, which was uh, the Identity Crisis crossover. And then they they lead into the the, the final arc, which is uh, uh, called Rogue War, mm-hmm. which was basically a lot of elements from the entire Flash run coming together, elements from Identity Crisis because you mm-hmm. were introduced to the new um, Captain Boomerang in that book. Um, it all comes together to tell you basically the last Jeff Johns uh, uh, Flash story, and, you know, and there, that's where you have the the prelude and that Wizard half issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and it all kind of comes from there. And basically what the, the premises there are the the Captain Cold rogues versus the rogues that were reformed, the ones that are uh, that are ran by the, the original trickster. You have uh, Magenta in there with Wally's ex-girlfriend. You have... Um, uh, Piper? Uh, yeah, Piper. Mm-hmm. Uh, Heatwave at the time. Heat he was wave, reformed right. at the time. And they're fighting Captain Cold and his rogues over the dead body of the original Captain Boomerang. That's right, yeah. Not a Flash spoiler, that's an Identity Crisis spoiler. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we can get away with that. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that was, um, the, the, yeah, and the, the you know, at that point, Howard Porter was penning the uh, a pencil in the book for a while. And as you and I have discussed before, it's probably some of his best work. Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. Yeah, gorgeous stuff. I mean, um, I'm not crazy about what he's doing now. I don't think he's got a proper inker, but uh, yeah, either, he, yeah. his his stuff looked great then. It really did. Yeah, it's, uh, oh, it's such a a great arc. It was um, his his art was on par. Uh, Jeff brought in a lot of, uh, like I said, a lot of stuff that was sprinkled up throughout his run. Stuff from Blitz in particular. Um, don't want to spoil it for anyone who hasn't read it, but. A lot of stuff gets tied up in a neat bow and a great place, and you a lot of guest stars from the past that you wouldn't have expected, maybe. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, uh, a lot of speedster fun, um, and you revelations stuff that was planted in even Identity Crisis, which wasn't even John's book, gets answered there because you know one of the mysteries of uh, Identity Crisis is who's uh, the new Captain Boomerang's mom because the new Captain Boomerang has speed. Um, and they they reveal that. Um, unfortunately, no one really picks up on that too much after the fact, and they kind of rush and kill off that character years later. But um, yeah, it was a great run. What did you think of that uh, of that uh, that last arc? No, as you said, it, it, it's a great um, 
uh, finale to a to a five year run. He you know he's just pulling everything together and bringing it all together, and it's very satisfying. Uh, and you know, and to see the rogues, you know, go to war with each other, uh, but then um, all that um, mind wiping and all that stuff that um, uh, that uh, Top did kind of gets reversed, and they all they all become rogues again. Correct. They all become yeah. yeah because well, you, you, find, <laughs> you can't you what you out. wish for, you might get it, so to speak. Right. I mean, you find out who um, who turned them good. The beginning. Yeah, we won't get that way. Right. Top basically reverses it. He reverses um, it. Yeah. So that's like, oh, I, I didn't see that coming. I completely forgot that when I read these stories the first. I was like, whoa, this is a great twist. And it's it's just it, oh, it, uh, interesting. Yeah. What happens, interesting. What happens to some of them though? You know, like Piper in particular. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Very, very, very good stuff. Um, I um, yeah, I love that arc. What, what would you say is your favorite arc out of if you had to pick one out of all the uh, the Jeff Johns run? Even though I love Scott Collins, even though I think he's the the greatest Flash artist since Carmen Infantino, I'm I'm picking Ignition. It's a very character driven story. It's a it's it's a, it's got so much heart. It's and it's this it's some of the best uh, writing he did for Linda. In that, in that story, even though she's away for a while, but uh, the way they reconcile at the end, it's just a beautiful story. I, I would highly recommend that. Uh, I hope that's in a separate trade, and I'm sure it is. But um, you know, we'll do a recommendation at the end. But that's my favorite of the of his run. Yeah, that's my favorite. Ignition. Yeah. It's you know, it's it's so tough to pick one, but um, I'm I'm very close to you on that. Like for me, it's tough. Um, while it was coming out, I I don't think I had any more excitement than I had for Blitz. Yeah, that's very up. exciting. Yeah. But I will say, looking back, I've reread the run so many times. Um, it's for me, it's very close between Ignition and Blood Will Run. I'd probably go with Blood Will Run. This, hmm. a lot of it is because of this new feel it brought to the Flash and this excitement for me. And the Scott Collins R, I think, was yeah. never more perfect than in those issues. Um, and I feel like he has captured. Um, Wally's voice really well and the world and him being heroic, but also not perfect by throwing in the stuff with the Julie Jackman stuff. I really, mm-hmm. I love that, but you know, I, I is very close to ignition for me though, too. Um, I've reread them both probably the most out of that, that whole run. Yeah. I mean, to be perfectly honest, there isn't a stinker in the whole uh, run. I mean, every, every oh. story is good. The standalones, the, the profiles, the it's just uh, an incredible, uh, Tour de Force by uh, a writer who was, you know, obviously at that point was, you know, at the peak of his powers. Oh, I mean, I can't even tell you, Joe, like those years, um, I mean, God, those were some of the best years in comics. First of all, Jeff was writing Flash, Hawkman, and JSA. Yeah. Two of my favorite DC characters and my favorite DC team. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Which was amazing to me. And then you had Mark Wade at Marvel doing Fantastic Four. I'm like, it was just like... Incredible time! There was so many good books out yeah, there. It really you know, was. Baker on the um, and, and Rucka on the Gotham Central. It was an incredible time. Um, but yeah, that uh, this run, I think I I can't recommend it enough to to the people, especially people now who are like you know, Jeff John fans that maybe didn't read his earlier work. Um, I feel like you'll have a, a real appreciation for it, and you'll see stuff, Joe. You'll you'll remember this stuff that even pertinent to other books. There's there's seeds planted for for Green Lantern Rebirth in this in this series. Um, so if you're a Hal Jordan fan yeah. and you love, loves Green Lantern Re- Rebirth and Jeff Johns' entire Green Lantern run, if you want to see where a lot of that started, I would read this run of Flash, particularly Blitz 
right. I forgot that. Yes, you're right. Mm-hmm. And then right around before, right, right around the secret of Barry Allen story too, there's a lot of stuff that leads directly into um, in the Green Lantern rebirth. Mm-hmm. Um, no, it's, uh, at, yeah, at that point, he's, as you said, he's written, he's writing three books. Um, he's obviously very involved in, in, the, in, the, in the office, what's going on. And um, it shows in his work. And he's, he's just laying down so many foundations that, uh, that paid off in the, in, in the uh, next few years. Yeah, infinite crisis right yeah i mean that's you know my only um thing that kind of bugged me not bugged me i just um disappointed that i kind of wish he didn't get as popular so quick only because i feel like he had a long-term plan for hawkman and i think he left it early because of teen titans and infinite crisis yeah i forgot he wrote teen titans you're right i forgot that yeah yeah I I, like that hawkman run had a lot more to come you know he wrote about 25 issues, the first 25 issues of the Hawkman. 25. Yeah. yeah. And, and a Secret Files. Mm-hmm. And I think that. No annual. Um, but didn't you get that feeling reading it? Like there was more to come, you know? Oh, definitely. Yeah. I just read uh, 13 and 14 today where uh, Kendra is, uh, they're trying to pin the murder of uh, uh, the police officer back in oh. uh, Texas yeah. on her. And we find out that, we find we find out who killed her parents. I won't give that away. But, I see uh, the Vanskyber on, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even Vanskyber did, did, did that issue, issue, issue twelve or thirteen, or, or uh, yeah, it's, it's beautiful. You know, I, this is the first time I saw his artwork. I said, "Whoa, this guy's really good." Uh, yeah, it's incredible. incredible. There was no, it's it's just amazing stuff. And you're right, he did leave that too early. But I guess he, you know, he wanted to move on, or maybe he was told to move on. Uh, you got to do Titans now, okay? Teen Titans, and that was very good. So yeah, so uh, you know. Um, we're not ready to wrap up yet, just yet. So, because I've got, I, you know, but that kind of wrap up that wraps up Jeff Johns's run on on the flesh. Is that correct, Keith? After two twenty five, that that was the end. I mean, we, we we both we all know that Jeff Johns came back. I mean, he did write Wally his a, a couple scenes in Infinite Crisis with Wally, which mm-hmm. were great. Where Wally got gets taken off the board, um, uh, and those are great little scenes um, because Wally does what he always does. He runs in the and in, in, you know runs right into the fire into the uh, the, the big disaster and and does what's right to try to save the day. Right. Um, and uh, he wrote them. He wrote them there. Him there. Um, and he also at that same point wrote him a little bit in that final JLA arc. Mm-hmm. But that was yeah, that was it for uh, for Jeff Johns writing Wally. Years later, you'll see um, Jeff Johns comes back to the Flash uh, to bring back Barry Allen. Right. Um, and you know Wally's in there a little bit, but. Um, you know, the, the, I didn't love that run as much. I have some problems with that. Yeah, but, we talked uh, about that many times, right? Yes. Yeah, there are some high points in that, um, but overall, not really. Um, but again, he, didn't, he also didn't have the chance to, to complete his vision because of the New 52. So yeah. who knows how that would have played out. Exactly. So before we wrap this up, I've got some, if you don't mind, uh, I guess it's only fair to call it a lightning round because we're talking about oh, nice. the flesh. I got some questions for you. Okay. So um, Barry, Barry Allen uh let's talk about his arch enemy is it is it cold is it uh grod is it uh is it eobard thorn who would you say who would you i think i think for barry allen i think even prior to all the stuff that happened you know with jeff johns doing the you know thorn going back in time and killing the parent or the mom um and the tv show redoing that Flashpoint, all that. I think even way before that, in my opinion, I would think that Thawne was definitely the ultimate Barry Allen villain. I mean, he he killed Iris. You mm-hmm. know, um, not only did he kill Iris Allen, which was man, I remember reading that as a kid in back issues. It broke my heart. 
Um, but he did that and dragged it out for him. Just, you know, tortured him along the way um, before finding out that it was him, setting up someone else first, and then and then later coming back and trying to kill Barry's fiance on the day oh, of his wedding. Fiona Webb, right? Yeah. Fiona Webb. Yeah. And, you know, and then ultimately Barry Allen kills him, which I think in a way he kills him in order to protect Fiona. But in a way, it's almost like something else bad that Thawne did to him. He made Barry kind of compromise who he was. Yeah. And um, I, I think it's kind of, in my opinion, yeah, I feel like there's no other option. It's Thawne all the way, even before recent, even before 2009. <laughs> and for, for Wally, would it, would, it, would it be Zoom? Would it be Hunter Solomon Zoom? Uh, well, or is it I Captain mean, Cold? Well, I, I, this is the thing for me. Um, personally, uh, when it comes to a real, like, uh, a hate for each other or the hate that the villain has for Wally and the recurring trouble that he's given him, despite everything that happens in Blitz, I will say I believe it's Abracadabra. Ah, yes. You mentioned you talked about this offline yesterday. Yeah, I think, you know, you I know, think- because Zoom did some terrible stuff to Wally, but there's like a friendship there and a like a mental uh, illness with with in a way with in my opinion with, with Zoom. Um, Cadabra is a is just this showman ego guy, who super Wally, ego maniac, yes, super. And Wally bested him one too many times, and, and Cadabra would wait years and this put, put some scheme together and throughout Ways Run like four or five times, this coming at Wally and. And each time, you know, getting worse and worse than what he does to Wally. And Wally always bested him in this great way. Um, oh, my God. That's something we definitely should discuss if we do the the, the way to yeah. uh, run. But, th- yeah, I would say Abracadabra for me would be would be uh, Wally West's main Flash villain. Okay. All right. Um, let's see what else I have for you. Um, okay. I mean, we, I, 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 know, I, know I had to ask you this because we've spoken about this so many times. And I want you to, to uh, let our listeners in on, on your thoughts about this. If you were given the chance to write a, a Jay Garrick flash centric book, how would you approach it, Keith? Oh, I think I might have told you this before. I yeah, that's why I wanted to bring it up. <laughs> <laughs> my, my idea, I wish some writer would do this. I, I would love it. Um, now I'm, you know, I'm stealing something from Marvel, but everyone yeah, steals from those yeah. other writers. Yeah. I would love uh, to basically do a uh, version of all new X-Men that Mar- that Bendis did at Marvel, where he brought the five original X-Men to the current time. And the, the um, you know, the, the premise was more to, to talk sense into the current Cyclops because they thought he was off the, off the rails, but it doesn't really matter to me how Jay gets here, mm-hmm. but I would love to see a Jay Garrick in his prime in the current day, not being the, the flash everyone just looks up to, or just that he's older and he has to kind of, get kicked out of the fight sooner. I want to see Jay in his prime kicking ass, but also being that 1940s Captain America kind of attitude. Yeah. Kind of guy, you know? mm-hmm. I want that so bad. And I really want, um, what's his name? The guy who, um, he did ultimate Spider-Man with Bendis with miles um, on like his second run. He also did, I, I bring it up. He did Jay Garrick in that, um, in that flash 700 book. He did the, the few pages of it. I forget his name. Oh, hmm. oh, I think he did JLA with Bendis with one arc. He's he, um, he's actually, which you know, poor. This was a waste there, but oh, I, I can't, I, I can't, I can't think. Of, I know who you mean. I just can't think. I of can't his remember name. his name. But it doesn't matter. I would love to see uh, uh, Jay Garrick in his prime, twenty-five-year-old Jay Garrick, um, gets shot into the our current timeline, and 
And I'm not saying you have to even take Barry or Wally off the board, uh, you know, to have him here. You can have him interact with him. But I want Jay to be the man. I want to see him interact with everyone. I want to see, you know, the emotional beats there that would be mm. if, he, if, if a young Jay had to team up with a young Barry and Wally or, or, or to see what happened to the world now and to see that he wouldn't have his Joan Garrick, you know, uh, around at, at that time. Or who knows? Maybe he's not even married to her in the past yet. So who knows? That's right. Yeah. Depending on I mean, what ultimately I want, you're plucking and, him from. Yeah. And maybe he would even see himself, the, the Jay Garrick of now. Who knows? Um, <clears throat> they can play with that. Um, and ultimately, you put him back in his box and put him back into the past where he needs to be. But mm-hmm. uh, I would love to see that. I just I think there's so much potential there. And it, it bugs me that all these times they, they, they were doing these little flash, you know, you know, I feel like they should have done that in 2006 when they made Bart the Flash because that was never going to be permanent anyway. Right. So they should have done something like that fun for a year or two until they brought back whoever they were bringing back and give us a really good story. So, you know, a long answer to your short question. No. That's <laughs> no, I'm glad you did because I'm glad you outlined that because I just I wanted our all this is to hear that because you've outlined this to me before, and I think it's a great concept. I really do. Oh, he's so much fun. I just, I love Jay so much. He's he's my second favorite Flash, and just I love it. Here's one. Um, have you ever read the very first Flash versus Superman race from Superman Volume One, One Ninety Nine from Nineteen Sixty Seven? Yeah, I, I didn't own a copy of it, but I had a, a trade where it was collected. Yes. Okay. Do you know what's odd about the cover of that book? Now that that's that's um, by. Common Infantino, inked by uh, Murphy Anderson, the cover. The inside, of course, is um, uh, Kurt Swan, inked by his then anchor at the time, uh, George Klein. But if you look at that cover, the Justice League is on both sides, and they're rooting on their favorite. The word balloon that's supposed to be pointing at someone else, where uh, the character saying, go get him, Flash, is pointing to Batman. And uh, as as an 11-year-old, I didn't get that back. I didn't get that then. But... um, as he gets around, I said, "What? Wait a minute! They're supposed to be friends, especially in the Silver Age. Why would Batman <laughs> be rooting on Barry and not Superman?" So there was like there's a there was a there was a uh, an error on that cover. Whoever That's placed so the word balloons placed it in the wrong spot. But it's a great so comic funny. book, and of course it ends in a tie. Right. Uh, and then they run. A, I think next the following year they run in in, in uh, Barry's book, uh, and it also ends in a tie. Although they give you the different perspective of them crossing the, crossing the finishing line. And you can, you really can make up your own. Mind. Yes. 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 Yeah. yeah. I remember that. Yeah. And that was, that, that issue was penciled by uh, Ross Andrew and, and uh, Mike Esposito. Great comic book team, Wonder Woman, Metal Men, tons of war and Western comics, but uh, they should have never drawn the flash. No. Yeah. And the last question, I, this is like, I guess this is a layup. Um, and maybe we're just maybe I'm just trying to be mean to this person, but uh, <laughs> why do you think Dan Didio hated Wally West so much? <laughs> uh, okay, honestly, um, I have I have very much have opinions on, on Dan Didio. Um, I don't, you know, Dan says stuff in interviews, and I don't necessarily believe him. I, I don't even, I don't think he has these this vision that he pretended to have a lot. I don't. Uh-huh. I was there when, um, before Hal Jordan came. So anyway, when Barry Allen was coming back in The Flash, uh, Dan posted an article or whatever, an essay in the back of all the comics saying Barry was coming back. And this was always, the day I got the DC comics, what I was always going to do was, my goal was, my idea was to bring back Hal Jordan and Barry Allen. I call BS because that was (laughs) the case. There were all all these interviews back then um, from Comic-Cons and on 
online where people would ask the, to bring Barry Allen back. Not a lot of people, but like some fans here and there. There wasn't this big outcry for it. There just wasn't. People loved Wally. Most people as knew Barry as someone in the past. You know, he died in 1985 or 86. Um, and he would he would tell people like the flat out get over it that like Wally was <laughs> all this stuff. But what happened was um, Green Lantern Rebirth was a hit, and they you know he wanted to mirror that with the same creative team. It's kind of ridiculous that they did that. Um, mm. I don't really think at that point he really had. I don't even think Dan really hates Wally West. I think that first of all he likes kind of taking he likes the controversy um, of, of having people talk about him in the books. It, it really is. It's like showmanship. It is a good way to get people to buy the books. There's no one there at DC doing that now. No, and no one's talking either. about the books. But I don't think he really hates the character. Um, I don't think he hates any character. I think that he definitely now, because of the success of Relance and Rebirth and some things like the initial arc of New 52, I think that he thinks that the main, the main characters, the Silver Age versions, the ones that were popular back at that point, need to be front line and center. Mm. And I think that he knows particularly with Wally West that he's a threat to Barry Allen, um, popularity wise, which is why Wally was first taken off the board when Barry came back. Then when he was brought back, basically they tried to humiliate him when Heroes in Crisis and make him a villain. I think he looks at uh, Wally more as a threat to the throne for Barry that if while he was around and, 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 and allowed to be as cool as he's always been, people wouldn't have mm-hmm. taken his, his, uh, his pushing Barry Allen on them. Look, I mean, if you look at the hardcover for flash rebirth and even in reading interviews, but in the hardcover, I believe it is where Ethan Van Skyver gives uh insight onto the flash costume that he had a design for Wally, mm-hmm. not the one we ultimately ended up with, but while he's wearing now, but there's sketches of some awful ones, right? That's because people in upper management, which he's not saying it, but Dan Didio was in charge, particularly told them that um, Wally couldn't look as cool as Barry. Wow, I've never heard that before. Wow. He's a threat. He was a threat to him. So you see one of these costumes is awful. I'm surprised they were allowed to get the costume they got in, which is basically Wally's 90s costume with the nose guard. Hmm. Um, So I think, honestly, I just think that he... um, he was more of like a threat to Barry, you know, which honestly, I think a, a lot of the speeches were, which is why they got rid of all of them doing the new 52, you know? Exactly. And um, as we get closer to wrapping this up, I, I do want to say, there's a couple of things I, I do want to say before we wrap this up, but thank you for that summation, Keith. That, that was a really, and I, I just hope that somebody hears this at, at DC and, and takes your Jay Garrick uh, proposal. Because it would be such a freaking cool comic book. Um, Jeremy Adams, if you're listening, please. Yeah, uh, Jeremy, please. Wally West. Wally West's first appearance uh, canonically. Is that the correct way of saying that? I guess so. What the heck? Yeah. Yeah. Was uh, Flash Volume 1, number 110. Cover date, December, January 59. On sale date, October 20, 1959. I've said this before in a previous podcast, and I want to reiterate this again because this is very important. And I hope Dan Didio is listening too. Um Wally West predates the entire Marvel Universe. That includes the Fantastic Four. So when we're talking about iconic characters, and you, you get Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Captain America, uh, you know, uh, Iron Man, uh, the Hulk, uh, Thor, you got to throw Wally West in there, along with Barry, of course. But, but Wally is a seminal character of the Silver Age. 
he, and, and, and he's been around since then. And, and I hope he's around for a hell of a lot longer. And I just hope that Jeremy Adams, I, we, we, we've heard he's got some cool stuff planned. And we also know, Keith, and maybe you could, you could speak to this, that, uh, the, uh, that Jeff Johns has some cool stuff planned for the near future of DC Comics, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I'm looking. You know, I think Jeff Johns some of his best work is on his his JSA uh, series, both volumes that he did, and he's mm-hmm. coming back and doing a JSA one shot, a JSA twelve issue maxi series, which I'm hoping goes into an ongoing at some point, and a Star Girl mini series. Most people know Star Girl's a part of the JSA, mm-hmm. um, and they're going to tie in, you know, uh, a lot in there. Um, so I'm hoping those all kind of lead into more books with him. I, I would be thrilled if if Jeff ran with the the uh, the greatest uh, superheroes of the golden age and 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 did his did his best with them. I would be extremely happy if that's if we had John's there, Adams on the Flash family, and Mark Wade in the super books. I'd be a happy guy. Yeah, me too. Yeah, that's that would that would make me very happy because there's not much from DC right now besides the, the stuff you just mentioned. That's that's making me very happy. So yeah, yeah, Flash, World's Finest, mm-hmm. Blue and Gold, mm-hmm. um, and, and and when these books come out, um, you know, yeah. I can almost say they're going to be good. I mean, you know, even well, John's at his worst is still putting out some pretty decent work. You know, exactly, exactly. Uh, so it's, before we wrap up, any recommendations for our audience, Keith? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna steal one from you and, and, oh, okay. and say Fine. as always. Always the Jeremy Adams Flash Run yep. is, uh, it's fantastic. It is up there. It, it, it feels very much like Mark Wade's Flash Run. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, a, it's a fun book with a ton of heart. And starting in, I think, end of December and early January, the book is going to go to uh, being published twice a month. And they're going to do this story arc of the, the first Flash event called um, One Minute War or 60 Second War. I think it's One Minute War, um, where basically um, a army of aliens that have their spaceships and weapons uh powered by the speed force uh, invade earth and the whole war happens between a minute with uh, wally and the rest of the speedsters fighting these aliens off and i i, I can't recommend that enough um, that's very cool and un- it's not related to comics but I, I would also like to recommend an older movie i just I, I caught on hbo max recently it's like six seven years old i think it's called Whiplash, not comic book related, only in the sense that the actor who played J. Jonah Jameson in the Spider-Man movies oh. is uh, J.K. Simmons. He's in it. And it's a story about a, a, a drum, a college drum student in this jazz band and his instructor slash teacher composer um, uh, guy who's uh, to say J.K. Simmons is tough on his students is an understatement. It's borderline abusive, but it is such a, a complex story. Um, and when you see what the characters really um, are trying to kind of, what his character is trying to do and what he's trying to teach, well, be it in a, you know, uh, kind of a messed up way. I think Joe, I think you'd love it. it it's so Sounds good. good. We're going to check um, it out. I watched it twice in one week. Cause I like it so much um, that. And, um, and, and a, a movie I recommend, I recommended Joe recently last night in Soho. It's a, ah, much more of a, yes. a suspense slash horror movie. I not not really horror, but suspense movie uh that I think everyone would love if you uh if you get a chance. Uh, I, I'd recommend those three things right now. Yeah, it's a great period piece. It's got some great music in from the sixties, um great soundtrack. I really enjoyed that film very much, very much. Thank you for uh sending me that 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 uh D V D. Oh you're welcome. I, I I knew you would love it. I just I you're like I mean I'm like you. I uh I love sixties music and imagery and mm-hmm. um 
think it's fan- oh speaking of that i don't want to ramble but another recommendation i saw in the theater sunday was don't worry darling mm-hmm. which is another movie thriller but not with the gore of last night in soho no. <laughs> thriller, but again takes place in a 1950s 1960s you know kind of imagery world uh with and also comic related because the the lead actress in it is florence Pugh, who plays um uh, in the Mar- mcu as uh Natasha Romanoff's uh, sister. Ah, so, okay. Cool. Um, uh, so those two movies were comic related. There you go. <laughs> um, that was really good. It, again, it's a mystery thriller. So that's still in the theaters, but uh, I think it'll be on HBO Max in about a month. Cool. I will definitely check it out. I have a couple of recommendations. I'm going to recommend, uh, so we've been talking about Jeff Johns and his run on, on, on Wally West. Um, I'd recommend you go out and buy all the uh, the trades, but if you can only buy one or get one or find it on a non-sponsor sponsor, uh, what the hell is it called again? <laughs> it's, like, uh, it's hoopla, right? Yep. Yeah. Um, I would recommend the the Flash Iron Heights by uh, Johns and and Van Skiver, um, Skyver. Uh, it's just it's a beautiful comic book. I'm um, looking at it now. Uh, back in the day, it was five ninety five. But God, what would this be today? About fifteen ninety five. But I'm sure it's oh, on. Yeah. It's on. You can find it on on Amazon or uh, my favorite place to find these things: cheapgraphicnovels.com. And I have in front of me the Silver Age Flash Omnibus Volume 1, which includes that Flash 110, which includes, of course, the uh, first appearance of Wally, Wally West, uh, where he, you know, he visits his uncle and um, well, his aunt takes him to visit his uncle and he, boom, lightning strikes twice and there you go. So it's great. It's Common Infantino, inked by Joe Giella, inked by um, the great Murphy Anderson, written by Gardner Fox and all the crazy, silly stories by John Brome. Great stuff, so I highly recommend that. And Keith, I, I recommended this last night on, on, on one of our sports shorts, and I'm going to recommend it again because I saw episode five of The Sandman yesterday. Oh. And I told Chris this, I'm going to tell you the same thing. It is these, one of the single best hours of television I have ever seen. That was the one I think I told you about. Ah. I think that would you. That would, that had, especially- I'm getting chills just talking about it. It's so freaking amazing. So well-written. The actress who plays Death, she's amazing. It's just a beautiful story that just pulls you in and, and, and makes you think. And, and oh, what an incredible her, hour of television. Her, her explanations of why it doesn't make her sad, what she does. Yeah. So moving- and so well done. And also I feel so well paced in the series because the episode before that was insanity mm. and you needed something with heart. Yes. You needed something with heart and a lot less blood. <laughs> a lot less blood. Yeah. And, and here's an I, episode I about that. death and there's no blood in it. And it's very, oh, very, very right. interesting. Right. And then, and then half the story is about his friend. Right. You know, yeah. Yes. Heart. Yeah. We need if to- I had to tell anyone who just didn't want to watch the entire series. Just watch an episode. That's just watch that one, please. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's like a feature film, right? Yeah, in that sense, yeah. yeah, it's a standalone. Great, you'll, you'll spend. It's like it was fifty-eight minutes. It's the best fifty-eight yeah. minutes you'll ever spend watching television. That's my favorite episode of the of the series so far. Yeah. That and the they did an eleventh episode after it ended. They did like a bonus episode mm-hmm. that one too, but uh, it's a close one. But no, that one. I'm with you. Episode five or that episode was ridiculous. It was amazing. It was yeah. It moved me. I get chills even. Very moving. Very well. Beautifully written, directed, and acted. Just uh, production values, everything. Just gorgeous. The way it was filmed. 
Uh, I'm glad you liked it. I loved it a lot. So, Keith, we're gonna we're gonna uh, um, bring this uh, this Joe's Comics Corner. Every time I say that, my head swells even more. <laughs> Too close. Thank you, James and Chris, for giving me this title. Um, and um, so we're going to bring this to a close, and I want to thank you, Keith, for being our Flash, re resident Flash expert, all things Barry and all things Wally and all things Jeff Johns. This was a great hour and 23 minutes, folks. <laughs> so, well, thank you very much for having me. I uh, I, I love doing these. Uh, I love being a guest on the show. It's 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 so much fun, and um, I can talk about comics forever, but particularly uh, The Flash and Wally West. Well, uh, James gave me an idea today. We're going to get you back in a future episode. We're going to get Jack back, and you and Jack – are going to tell, uh, inform uh, myself, James, and Chris, and our audience about the convoluted history of Hawkman. I would love that. Yeah, I love that's, it. That's a, that'd be a tour de force. If you can pull that off, you're the best. There'll be a whole uh, 15 <laughs> minutes to figure out how to pronounce Qatar <laughs> and Carter or yeah. both Carter. And Shira and Shira and whatever the heck it is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So, uh, folks, if you enjoyed this episode or any uh, of our other episodes, we have a huge catalog of episodes you can you can check out wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Secret Origins of the Mid-Condition Comics. You can email us your um, your uh, criticisms and or your likes at um, secretoriginsmc.com uh, at Gmail, uh, Gmail uh, at Gmail, <laughs> I never get that right. Or watch <laughs> us uh, on our Facebook group, Secret Origins of uh, Mid-Condition. I wrote Mintune there. <laughs> I'm looking at my handwriting. This is great. Or Instagram. Uh, so uh, reach out and just let us know what you think. We greatly appreciate it. So thank you once again. And Keith, thanks again. This has been a great hour and a half. Thank you. Take care, everyone. Yeah.